Welcome to the Faith Connections Podcast, a partnership between the Foundry Publishing, Nazarene Discipleship International, and Holiness Today. Welcome to our study this week of Judges chapter 6, verses 7 to 24. My name is Scott Rainey. I serve with the Church of Nazarene in the area of Nazarene Discipleship International, or NDI. This adult Sunday school video lesson is provided in collaboration between the Foundry Publishing and NDI. The Sunday school lesson is intended to support the local church's efforts to make disciples who make disciples. Please feel free to use this video in any way that helps your church or its families. As with other stories in the book of Judges, the story of Gideon, one of Israel's judges, begins with Israel suffering because of their sin. Judges chapter 6 verse 1 records for the fourth time in Judges that the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord. About a generation after the victory of Deborah and Barak last week's lesson, Israel once again tried to fit in with the people around them and began to worship the gods of the Amorites, according to Judges chapter 6, verse 10. Who were the Amorites? They were actually descendants of Ham, one of the three sons of Noah. Noah had three sons who all entered the ark with him. Their names were Shem, Ham, and Japheth. According to Genesis chapter 10, verse 6, Ham was the father of Cush, Egypt, Put, and Canaan. Canaan became the father of the Amorites, according to Genesis chapter 10, verses 15 and 16. The Amorites were living in the land of Canaan when Joshua and the Israelites first entered the promised land. Joshua had had a great victory over the Amorites, recorded in Joshua chapter 10. It was an epic battle. Joshua 10.10 says, The Lord threw the Amorites into confusion before Israel. So Joshua and the Israelites defeated them completely at Gibeon. The Amorites ran and Israel pursued them. As the sun was setting, Joshua prayed to God that the sun would stand still so that the Israelites could defeat their enemies. And God answered. Joshua chapter 10 verses 13 and 14 say this. The sun stopped in the middle of the sky and delayed going down about a a full day. There has never been a day like it before or since, a day when the Lord listened to a human being. Surely the Lord was fighting for Israel. Then we learn in verse 20 that a few survivors of the Amorites managed to reach their fortified cities. The Amorites remained and continued to live among the Israelites. In fact, If you remember from a couple of weeks ago, Judges chapter 2, verse 21, reveals that because Israel had violated their covenant with God, God had said, I will no longer drive out before Israel any of the nations Joshua left when he died. The Amorites became one of the nations that remained in Israel after Joshua's death. The people of Israel compromised again and again and began to worship the so-called gods of the Amorites. As a result of Israel's unfaithfulness, nomadic gangs invaded their land. 
The worst of these raiders, as we get into our lesson for today, were the Midianites. The oppression of the Midianites was so harsh that many Israelites dug shelters into the rocky areas of the mountains that surrounded them. When the Israelite crops began to grow, the Midianites in massive numbers would descend on the land and plunder the harvest, allowing their animals to forage on them. Judges chapter 6 verse 6 says, Midian was so impoverished, the Israelites, uh, Midian so impoverished the Israelites that they cried out to the Lord for help. Would the Lord listen and respond to the cries once again? Let's pick up the story in Judges chapter 6, verses 7 to 24. Judges chapter 6, verses 7 to 24. When they cried out to the Lord because of Midian, the Lord sent a prophet to the Israelites. He said, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. I brought you up out of slavery in Egypt. I rescued you from the Egyptians and from all who, who oppressed you. I drove out your enemies and gave you their land. I told you, I am the Lord your God. You must not worship the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now live, but you have not listened to me. Then the angel of the Lord came and sat beneath the great tree of Ophrah, which belonged to Joash of the clan of Abiezer. Gideon's son of Joash was threshing wheat at the bottom of a wine press to hide the grain from the Midianites. The angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, Mighty hero, the Lord is with you. Sir, Gideon replied, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? And where are all the miracles our ancestors told us about? Didn't they say the Lord brought us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and handed us over to the Midianites. Then the Lord turned to him and said, go with the strength you have and rescue Israel from the Midianites. I am sending you. But Lord, Gideon replied, how can I rescue Israel? My clan is the weakest in the whole tribe of Manasseh, and I am the least in my entire family. The Lord said to him, I will be with you, and you will destroy the Midianites as if you were uh, fighting against one man. Gideon replied, if you are truly going to help me, show me a sign to prove that it is really the Lord speaking to me. Don't go away until I came, come back and bring my offering to you. He answered, I will stay here until you return. Gideon hurried home. He cooked a young goat and with a basket of flour, he baked some bread without yeast. Then carrying the meat in a basket and the broth in a pot, he brought them out and presented them to the angel who was under the, the great tree. The angel of God said to him, place the meat in the unleavened bread on this rock and pour the broth over it. And Gideon did as he was told. Then the angel of the Lord touched the meat and bread with the tip of his staff in his hand and fire flamed 
up from the rock and consumed all he had brought. And the angel of the Lord disappeared. When Gideon realized that it was the angel of the Lord, he cried out, O sovereign Lord, I am doomed. I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. It is all right, the Lord replied. Do not be afraid. You will not die. And Gideon built an altar to the Lord there and named it Yahweh Shalom, which means the Lord is peace. The altar remains in Ophrah in the land of the clan of Abiezar to this day. The book of Judges tells the many ups and downs of Israel's history during the period between the entering of the land of Canaan and God's anointing of their first king. The cycle is predictable as we read it through the lens of history. Israel was unfaithful to God's covenant and worshiped the so-called gods of their neighbors. God was angry with Israel and removed his hand of blessing and protection from them. Israel's enemies therefore rose up against them, conquered them, and began to treat them like slaves. Israel cried out to God and God had mercy on them. God raised up a judge to lead the people out of bondage. The book of Judges has already given three examples before our passage for today. Othniel in chapter three, verse 10, Ehud in chapter three, verse 15, and Deborah in chapter four, verse four. When the judge died, Israel became unfaithful again, and the cycle continued. As our passage begins in Judges chapter 6, verse 7, Israel is crying out to God. God hears their cry and first sends a prophet, according to Judges chapter 6, verse 8. The prophet told them what God had done for them and what sin they had done against God. God had brought them up out of Egypt. He had rescued them from the hand of the Egyptians. He delivered them from the hand of all their oppressors. He had driven their oppressors out before them and had given Israel their land. God was faithful to his covenant and desired the same faithfulness from Israel. Israel, however, was unfaithful. God had called them to worship only him. They did not listen to the Lord. Instead, they worshiped the so-called gods of the Amorites. The prophet told the truth about Israel. The people had followed the gods of popular culture instead of listening to the one true God. This was a temptation of every generation during the period of the judges and continues to be a temptation even in the 21st century. Will we listen to the Lord? And will we follow his ways? A prophet had spoken. The Lord had called. Gideon, the central Israelite that we will soon learn about, undoubtedly heard God's call through the prophet, but he didn't respond to it. He continued to act as if the gods of the Midianites controlled life, as we shall soon see. Since he wouldn't listen to the prophet, would he listen to an angel? In verse 11, an angel of the Lord appeared in the city of Ophrah. Ophrah was a city in Manasseh, 
one of the 12 tribes of Israel that was located on both sides of the Jordan River. The city, Ophrah, was located six miles southwest of Shechem, north of Jerusalem. The angel sat down under the oak tree on the property of Joash, the father of a man named Gideon. Gideon was not expecting a visitor. In fact, Gideon was hiding. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 11 says that Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. The wine press would have been a large flat stone surface where grapes could be crushed when someone stepped on them. The juice would flow into lower areas uh, through channels cut into the stone surface. There it could be collected and strained. Why would Gideon have been threshing wheat on a wine press? Normally, a person in the ancient Middle East would have threshed wheat on the top of a tall hill where the wind could blow freely. They would throw the wheat and the chaff into the air, and the wind would separate the chaff from the wheat, which would fall to the ground. But here in Judges, Gideon obviously didn't want to be seen by the Midianites, so he stayed off the high hill and threshed the wheat in a hidden place. Gideon was afraid. He didn't believe he could personally do anything about the evil around him. His words showed that he didn't believe that God was able or willing to help either. You see, for seven years, the Israelites had suffered because God had allowed their enemies to overwhelm them. Gideon's generation had heard time and again what God had done for them, but that was now in the past. Since life had become so difficult, he assumed God was no longer present with them. Ironically, Gideon was witnessing God at work at that very moment when the heavenly messenger came and sat down under the oak, verse 11. So often Christians today are wondering, where is God in all the mess around us? Like with Gideon, God is present today. He has not left us. And if we are watching carefully, we will see him at work. The words of the angel are encouraging and maybe a little confusing to Gideon. The angel's first recorded words are, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Judges chapter 6, verse 12. The you in verse 12, the Lord is with you, is singular. God's promise was for his presence to be with Gideon personally. Remember, the promise of God's presence often accompanies God's call. And what a gift that promise is to us. When God called Moses to go to Pharaoh, Moses asked, who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Exodus chapter 3, verse 11. God answered him by saying, I will be with you. Exodus 3, 12. More than our skills, our support from others, our finances, or our intelligence, God's presence is the most important element as we serve him today. I imagine that the angel's name for Gideon mighty warrior or mighty hero may have caused Gideon some confusion, if not amusement. Gideon was not a warrior. 
he was not even particularly brave. Genesis chapters six and seven show him to be fearful at every turn. But God had called Gideon and had promised that he would be with Gideon. The mighty warrior was not convinced of his pedigree for such a task. Gideon reminded the angel that he was from the weakest clan of the tribe of Manasseh, and his family was the weakest in the clan. Surely God had made a mistake. God once again reassured Gideon in verse 16, I will be with you, and you will strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive. Let me mention something about the English words offered in Judges chapter 6, verses 11 to 16. It's clear in the Hebrew that Gideon does not know he is speaking with Yahweh. The New International Version uses the word LORD in all caps when referring to Yahweh. You will notice that this word is used when referring to, in the third person to the angel of the Lord, verse 11, for example. You'll also notice that it is the Lord, that is Yahweh, who speaks to Gideon. Look at verse 14. But when Gideon speaks to the angel of the Lord, or when he replies to the Lord, Gideon uses a different Hebrew word, Adonai. Adonai is also translated as Lord, even in the New International Version. But you will notice that in the English, this is not in all caps, referring, uh, revealing that he is using another Hebrew word besides Yahweh. Adonai can simply be translated, sir. The bottom line is that Gideon does not know that he's speaking to God at this point, but uh, things are about to change as we move into our last section in verses 17 to 24. The angel had gotten Gideon's attention, but Gideon was not fully convinced. Gideon needed a sign to prove that the messenger was indeed from God. This was the first of three signs Gideon requested in this story. The other two are the tests of the wool fleeces found in verses 36 to 40. Gideon asked the angel to wait for him as he prepared a meal. The meal described in Judges chapter 6 verse 19, a young goat and bread without yeast, would have taken several hours to prepare. Can you imagine the patience of this angel and the patience of God to wait for people to heed his call? I'm sure that if we gathered many Christians in a room, there would be different opinions on whether it was okay to ask God for a sign. Some today might refer to an open door as a sign, but even an open door is not always trustworthy. When I have a big decision to make, here are the questions I consider. What do the scriptures say? What do I sense my spirit in my spirit as I pray? Is there an open door? And what do trusted Christian friends say about my situation? I remember when my wife Jenny and I moved to Kansas City in 1998 to attend Nazarene Theological Seminary, we had four specific things, or I would say open doors, we needed to make, uh, we needed before we made the move to Kansas City. Only two of the four open doors were fulfilled before we moved. 
we stepped out in faith on the other two because of the, the other questions had been answered clearly for us to move. The final two things became reality once we arrived in Kansas City. Faith, however, was still needed. When the meal was ready, the angel had Gideon place the meal on a rock, possibly the rock of the wine press where Gideon had been threshing wheat. Then the angel turned the meal into a sacrifice. And according to Judges chapter 6, verse 21, fire flared from the rock, consuming the meat and the bread. The angel disappeared. And once again, Gideon was in fear. He knew that he had seen an angel of Yahweh. While the angel had disappeared, Yahweh's voice still spoke. Peace, do not be afraid. Judges chapter 6, verse 23. And by faith, Gideon built an altar to the Lord and called it, the Lord is peace. Verse 24. There are many stories in the Bible where those who considered themselves nobodies were called by God to do something that seemed extraordinary. Gideon certainly considered himself to be a nobody. God places potential, however, in every person to, to serve in his kingdom. The word potential entered the English language from the Latin word meaning power. Today, potential means possessing the capacity to develop into something greater in the future. Gideon's story confirms that God sees potential when others do not. Gideon lacked confidence that he could do what God asked of him, yet God patiently worked with him. God was calling, and God was all Gideon needed to accomplish his calling. The question for us today is, are we as Christians willing to believe God and trust his presence as we follow and obey his call today? I want to be one who believes God and trusts his presence. Will you join me trusting him today? Thank you for listening to the Faith Connections podcast. If you wish to order Faith Connection materials for your local church, please visit thefoundrypublishing.com. If you've enjoyed this production and wish to hear more, visit holinesstoday.org podcast or find us on Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts.